What's going on, y'all? 97.5 The Fanatic. 9.58 here after a Flyers game. We're going in the post until midnight. Flyers fall 1-0 to the Carolina Hurricanes, the top seed. A top team in the Metropolitan Division. They do hold the number one seed in the division. So the Flyers taking on the top team battle. But unfortunately, in the end, as much as you battle, when you have to feel good about at least in the first period of, of how the where things were was one nothing. You have an opportunity throughout, and you do not give them any more goals. You still did uh, drop this one tonight, one nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes. So we'd love to hear from everybody tonight as we are in the crease until midnight and get your thoughts on everything that you saw in this one right here on 97.5, uh, The Fanatic. So we'll give out the phone number, 610-632-0975. Ray Dunn is here. He's producing the show. He'll have the leftovers a little bit later. Matt Menarik, uh engineered things on the flyer side. And we appreciate Matt for hanging in there following uh, with uh, Jason and Coatsy uh, and Timmy and Jason and, and, and Brian, everybody, the whole group uh, putting on the, the show there and doing their part for this this game tonight but uh, much of the same comes to everything with the Flyers at, at this point uh, put up a fight they're 24 30 and 11 and yet they do drop yet another one which gives them the 30th loss of the campaign and uh, with that 30th loss 59 points they are still second to last in the Metropolitan Division right behind Washington but behind Washington by you know, eight points there. For, so th- there's that. And he- here we are with the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, it just really is not much to say when it comes to them a- at this point, winding down the-, the end of the season and really just trying to gauge uh, of how this thing is going to go. The trade deadline is over with. And now we're just looking at it going forward and just seeing uh, what happens each game. Every game has its own, has its own story, its own storyline. And in this one, they hung in there, but unfortunately could not get anything to go. So they did uh, have uh, tonight. They did face 29 shots, giving up the one goal with the 28 saves from Sandstrom. And he did a pretty good job overall. Just gave up that one in the first period and giving up that one turned out to be the difference. As much as they were able to hang on, it it wasn't uh, they weren't able to generate anything else to to put anything on the board therefore the flyers the flyers only got 19 shots on goal with 19 saves on the hurricane side and when you're facing the best you know you got to make sure that you can do as much as you can to put that pressure on them putting that pressure on them and and trying to get one through they tried uh, unfortunately did not work out for the flyers and here we are yet again talking about uh, a flyers loss so We'll, we'll take your phone calls, you talk about it, get it off your chest and say what you need to say about, about this game, about this team, about where they are, and go from there with, with the with the Philadelphia Flyers at, at this stage of the season. We'll also get into some Eagles conversation, some Sixers talk, some Phillies talk, as they won today, 7-6 uh, out there, spring training. So they got, a, they got a W there today, and the Sixers back on the floor tomorrow against the Portland Trailblazers hosting Matisse Thibault, Damian Lillard, and the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. So we'll get into it all with you here tonight on The Fanatic until midnight as we have this two-hour run. Tomorrow we'll be starting at 6 o'clock. Before-
before the game. And as we start 6 o'clock before the game, we'll also go in the post. I think I might be at the arena tomorrow for the first part of the show. So uh, we'll see how that goes and broadcast from the broadcast area, broadcast booth where Tom McGinnis and, uh, does his work, and I oftentimes join him there. I think we'll broadcast there for the 6 o'clock hour and then do the pregame coverage before the game against the Portland Trailblazers. But that'll be tomorrow. Uh, we have a lot to talk about with the, with, the, with the football side of things as free agency, again, gets underway next week. And we've talked a lot so far this week about what the – the latest was when it came to, all right, franchise tags. Nothing happened as far as the Eagles in terms of a tag. So you have a lot of free agents out there, a bunch of free agents out there. And you know what the crazy part is? As we typically go into free agency and we look at situations with teams and we talk about free agency, there's always, there always seems to be the one or two guys that you look at when it comes to free agency. And you say, you know what? This guy is for sure coming back, or, or that particular player is definitely coming back, and he will be back on this team next season. The, the odd thing here, when you look at so many of them, again, so many free agents, let me see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, looks like 18 free agents overall, and you know a, a, a bunch of starters on, on this list that you don't have an idea of who's coming back. Whether they played limited snaps because of the depth that you had overall, they weren't expected to be the same impact type player that they have been in the past, like Brandon Graham, for example, or even Fletcher Cox, where you look at them and you say, all right, they're declining. Then you have 10 and a half sacks by Brandon Graham or 11 sacks by Brandon Graham. Fletcher Cox plays and he has a decent sack total or at by the end of the season because of the, the, the full sacks, the half the sacks that he's had, able to get the pressure from the defensive tackle position and a few on the edge as well. But you, you look at them and you say, all right, this player is coming back. Right now, with all of these players, I, I can't sit here and say for sure that any of them will be back. I want to say that you look at uh, Jason Kelsey as, as for, for an example. He had $11 million last year on the one-year deal. Do they bump him up and give him another one-year deal if he doesn't retire? Probably wants to stay here and retire, so um, and retire whenever he's ready to go, but only play for the Philadelphia Eagles. That, that's going to be bumped up a little bit. So is it going to be like $15 million this year? Even if, they, if it is, that's one year, $15 million uh, for him. So you look at that and you say, all right, I, I can give him one year, $15 million for him, and I'll be perfectly fine with that. When, when it comes to paying Jason Kelsey, he's still an all-pro player. He's still that good. And and you, you look at that player and you say you can't lose that type of player that means so much to the offense. Of course you're going to bring him back, right? Well, you bring him back and, again, you're going to have to sit there and try to figure out exactly uh, what it was that, that he did and what what he's worth and, and all that. So, look, I mean, it, it's going to be tough because you just simply do not know of anybody on the team that's a guarantee to come back. And that's what makes this so interesting with this offseason. We've broken it down. We've talked about it. We've looked at it where we said this player has to come back. This one is most important, and they have to make sure that they value this one. And you're young enough with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where you are young enough with him where you want to make sure that you do, in fact, um, put it um, – you do, in fact – get one of those guys locked in for next season. You, you, you just do. You want to. And 
But but they didn't. They didn't do anything in the offseason. They, they're not doing anything right now before free agency gets underway. And, and that's why it, this is an odd one. And that's why a couple of weeks ago when we were sitting here during the show when the season ended, we let free we let the Super Bowl hangover kind of kind of lay down and just, you know, settle itself where we kind of stepped away from it at that point after the first week. And I said that this is probably the most important offseason of Howie Roseman's tenure as the man calling the shots because of what this thing could be going into the future and the fact that he has to make sure that he maintains that it is just that going into the future of this thing being a possible possible contending team for many, many years, setting this roster up for, for many, many years to come. He has to go out there and make the right decisions, the smart decisions this offseason where you you don't set yourself up for failure because you bring too many of the veterans back and you give them the wrong type of deals. You give them the wrong type of contracts and it hurts you later on down the line. You do something like that and you're really, really ham, you're hamstringing yourself. You're really putting yourself in a tough spot there if you do spend the money the wrong way. And you can't. You can't spend the money the wrong way. You have to spend it the right way going into this offseason because of the quarterback and how much he's going to get paid. Your offense of what you have there with A.J. Brown. Guess what? He signed, what, a four-year extension, I think it was, off of his first, off of his deal coming from Tennessee. And you know he's going to want a new deal after maybe two more years. And you got to pay Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard is going to have to get paid. Your offensive line, Landon Dickerson, the young player there, he's going to have to be played. You're going to have to figure out what's going on at your tackle positions because Lane Johnson can't play forever. And that's just simply how it's going to go. So this offseason is going to be extremely important for Howie Roseman to get it done. And I know part of the conversation that was had yesterday with the uh, best show ever was they were talking about the, 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 the faith that you really have in Howie Roseman next this this whole thing coming up this offseason because of all the goodwill that he has been able to put together from last year last offseason where he put together the team that we saw here that was arguably for a lot of people the best Eagles team that many people have had and uh, or have seen and said this is the best one that they have seen with their own two eyes even though they didn't win the Super Bowl this was going into the postseason and he did that how do you follow that up? How do you follow that up? Well, you follow it up by not making it any worse. There's nothing he can do about bringing back all of the players because he can't. That's impossible. But what he can do is try to bring some back that he feel are, are worthy of coming back. Structuring the contracts uh, uh, well enough, reading the market, seeing what's out there. He typically goes out there and gets some one-year players to come in and contribute and help out. And that's going to be key because he can't spend everything. And you know it's not going to be a case where it's spread out all over the place. You're going to have to spend some money somewhere on the defensive side where someone gets paid. Whether it's Javon Hargrave, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, TJ Edwards. Somebody's going to get decent money. And then you're going to have to figure out how do you allocate it the rest of the way around maybe some free agents coming in. You know, you're going to have two first-round picks, at least that's how it looks right now, where they're going to count against the cap because of their salaries as first-round selections. This is going to be an interesting off for him and how he does it. I am very curious to see what the focus will be in terms of uh, we look at linebacker. They don't really 
put much into that. We know that the line of scrimmage is what they really like to build off of. So will that be a focus right away? Do you expect them to spin right away? Do you expect them to wait it out and get some things done on the second, third day of free agency? I can't remember the when Hassan Reddick signed last year. He was the first one to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. And I can't remember if it was the first day or the second day of free agency when he when he signed his contract. But I also remember that while people were excited about it, it was uh, so. So this is the only move. <laughs> this is what it was kind of like. Remember when Andrew McCutcheon signed first before Bryce Harper and Manny Machado signed and everybody was like, OK, cool. But wake me up when when you really get one of those guys or they don't come here and we get to be upset. And, oh, by the way, you paid Andrew McCutcheon three years, 40-plus million dollars. What are you doing? Well, it didn't look good at the moment for a lot of Philly fans. But as soon as they signed Bryce Harper, it looked that much better of Andrew McCutcheon now in center field with Bryce Harper. The fact that you were able to add two pieces to your outfield and a superstar with the former MVP and now everyone kind of settled down and say, okay, this is much, much better. This offseason was fantastic. Before they were able to trade for A.J. Brown at the draft, it was just, all right, we think Hassan is going to bring something off the edge, Hassan Reddick. We're not totally sure of what it's going to look like because he's now going to be on his third team in a few years. And is that too much, too much to get carried away of as far as the excitement goes when you can't, rely on a guy that's been able to stay in one spot. He's bouncing from Arizona to Carolina. He even played with this college coach, and now he's moving on from 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 the coach and Matt Rule, who knows him from the Temple days, and he moves on, and he, he doesn't stay there. What gives? And it turned out to be the right thing. Now, Harry Roseman, again, was able to garner all of that goodwill with that. Will he be able to keep his head level the first day of legal discussion? Uh, Ray tells me that Hassan Reddick was signing uh, last year. Well, so what is that? Uh, so it's two days before. So this this week, this year is the 15th. So on Monday, you, you're able to talk. But the actual league day starts on the 15th, which is a Wednesday next week. And uh, that's that's important. Obviously, six days from today where you are able to do that. And those discussions will begin. And that was a great signing by Howie Roseman. We saw what he did. He was a, a defensive player of the year candidate. He was an all-pro level player. He was fantastic. He was tremendous with the job that he did. Can Howie Roseman duplicate or at least keep you happy enough with the offseason when things get started next week? So that's where we wanted to start as I rambled on just about a variety of different things with free agency. Do you think that he's going to do things that simply satisfy you? It may not be the splash of what it was last offseason, even with a name like Hassan Reddick. But will with what they do to begin on Monday, will it satisfy you, do you think, as an Eagle fan, as free agency begins next week, early Monday, where the tampering period, if you will, the open discussions that you're able to have with free agency, are, are you, do you believe that you'll be satisfied with how Howie Roseman approaches the offseason starting 
on Monday. 610-632-0975. I'm Devon Givens with you until midnight in the crease following the Flyers' one nothing loss to the Carolina Hurricanes on the road. They lost to Carolina tonight by a final score of one nothing. Carolina improves to 43-12 and 8-23-7-2 at home, while the Flyers fall to 24-30 and 11 with 59 points. 12, 15, and 7 away from the center. Next up for the Philadelphia Flyers, pardon me, Flyers will be uh, back on the ice, and that will be on Saturday, an afternoon game at Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins, and that will be a 3.30 start time right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Right yeah, right here on 97.5 The Fanatic on uh, Friday. The Sixers play. They don't play again until Sunday. Do we get the Union on Saturday for the first time? Yes, we get the union here on their debut on the on the radio, not on the app, which is great. But you get to tune in on right here on, on the air on 97.5 The Fanatic. You get the union, and that will be a 7.30 start time for the Philadelphia Union. So we got you covered Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on The Fanatic. And I believe Monday, we're 6 to 10. We have a full show because no Sixers, no Flyers, no union on Monday. So that'll be fantastic. But with... Things getting underway next week. Do you feel like you'll be okay with what Howie Roseman does with his approach? We don't know what it is. So I basically, I'm, I guess I'm asking, is the faith part of it that you think he's going to do the right thing when it comes to free agency? And also, do you also believe that there might be a little bit of a surprise? He always finds a way to do something. Hassan Reddick, some people brought it up, but it wasn't a real, real hot topic last season when free agency got underway. just wasn't. It just wasn't. There's always something, though, that he does. Even the A.J. Brown part. If you remember, last year they focused on trading for Calvin Ridley. Um, uh, uh, what's my man's name from, um, from uh, the Rams now? Uh, Allen Robinson. They were uh, looking to acquire Allen Robinson, but the Rams jumped in there and they offered something better, so he decided to go with the Rams. Thank you, Allen Robinson and the Rams. And then the Eagles decided to trade for A.J. Brown. It all worked out perfectly. It really did. And that was a later splash, but it really solidified the offseason. And then when you go and you acquire um, James Bradbury in June, now we're just like, all right, great, fantastic. And then in training camp, you go get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and it's party time. So you're looking at how all of that stuff really shaped up. He always surprises us with something. Do you think that Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve where you'll just be like, oh, that's why it's Howie season. Oh, I didn't see that coming. I don't know what it is, whether it's Eric Kendricks, Bobby Wagner. And I honestly don't think. As people talked about the Bobby Wagner part, I really don't think they're going to spend money on another older linebacker. It's not what they do. They go young. Look at Kaiser week. One year, uh, what was it, like $3 million? One year, no, no big money. Show me type of deal. Show me enough where I'll bring you back on another one year or even a two year for like $8 million or something like that and, and be okay with it. But... They don't bring in veteran linebackers like that. Even with Eric Wilson, he wasn't up there in age. More like Eric Kendricks, who's about to be 30 years old. But that defense stunk. It wasn't his fault. We had a caller last night mention Patrick Peterson. I was like, "Mm, not really. No, thank you, because he's already 33, 34 years of age. I'll pass on that. 
I'll get a younger one and maybe even a younger corner if they want to bring in. That's like 26, 27, somewhere. You know, we can look at the free agent list. I actually have it right here because Matt Menard always does a great job in putting this stuff together. And as I look at it and I look at the corners here really quickly, um, I was looking at a list that had, I don't want that one, Kaiser White made, um, let me see, he didn't, well, he didn't make that one last year. T.J. Edwards, that wasn't his. And let me go with, these are the safety, I mean the linebackers, the corners. All right, here are the corners that look to be free agents, unrestricted free agents for 2023. And uh, Shaq Griffin, I don't really love it. I saw that he got, I mean, it's a name because of him and his brother and he's been a starter I, I don't love the Shaq Griffin thing. Yeah, I, I don't love that one. I just don't. I don't really like many on here when it comes to the cornerbacks out there on the market. Ugh. Yeah, I, yeah you're going to have to go draft someone. And, I, and we've been on that anyway, but you're going to have to go draft someone as I look at this list. And, yeah, no, no. You're going to have to draft one of those guys, Gonzalez Witherspoon, Joey Porter. I, I don't know. You're going to have to draft somebody or two maybe later in, later round, get another corner and, and see what you can do from there. But Howie Roseman, my point is, always has something up his sleeve. And I, I wonder, do you believe that he has something, again, up his sleeve? He will work. He will do things. He'll find a nice offensive lineman. You'll find a nice quality rotational defensive lineman. But do you do you think that he's going to have something up his sleeve? While we're all concerned and wondering what's going to happen, I do think he's going to do something, whether it's a trade or whatever. He's got something up his sleeve. He always does. Do you believe that will be the case again for Howie Roseman? 610-632-0975. As I quickly look at some of the free agents here, a little bit of a, a tracker and look at some of the cornerbacks here. Um, some other ones that I may have missed on on the list. Uh, let me see. Marcus Peters, no. 30 years old, I don't want him. He can't stay healthy anyway. Bradley Roby, New Orleans, 30. Chad Griffin is 27. But again, um, he played five games last season. No, no thanks. Jonathan Jones is interesting, but he's about to turn 30 from New England. He's interesting, though. Um, Patrick Peterson, no. He's 32 and it's about to be 33. Eli Apple, no thank you. Kyle Fuller, no thanks. I, Byron Murphy, 25. I've had interest on that with, with a four one-year deal. I would be interested. Rock Yasin from Temple, Las Vegas. No. <laughs> I almost got almost got ready to Temple grad to say yes, but he even you know, he, he's like, all right, maybe. But yeah, I don't I just don't see much on here. I, I really don't. Trey Flowers, twenty nine with Cincinnati. I like Trey Flowers, but I don't like him I like him from afar. I do. I like him from afar. Sidney Jones, he's gonna be a free agent. No thanks. They'll need to bring him back. But that's what we're talking about. That's why it's really going to be 
up to the Eagles to make sure that they go out there and acquire someone via uh, the draft. They they just are. They they are. They're gonna have to do that because this list is not not that great. It's just not that great. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But that's where I wanted to begin and just simply asking you, do you believe that Howie Roseman will have something up his sleeve during this free agent period that gets underway on Monday where it's the legal tampering period, if you will, and then the league the league calendar starts on Wednesday where things can really become official. So let's get underway. 610-632-0975. We'll take your phone calls throughout. We'll continue to talk about the Flyers with you. We'll get into the Sixers as they come home for a quick two-game homestand here on, on, on the Fanatic and at the center Friday, Portland on Sunday, Washington. Two very winnable games again for the team. Hopefully they are walking away this weekend as they begin on the road again with 45 wins. They take these two win four games in a row, and it'll be really good for this basketball team. Or is it already three in a row? They won three in a row uh, with the Indiana, Milwaukee, Indiana, and then last night, uh, the other night beating Minnesota. So they're, they're in a good spot. They, they really are right now, so we can talk about them. We can talk about with Doc Rivers. And uh, I heard Tyrese Bow was at practice today, so Doc Rivers and Tyrese Maxey, they spoke, and they had some, some things to say where – you know, they feel good about where they are. Tyrese Maxey feels good about where he is, and this team is, in, again, a really good spot. So 610-632-0975 with everything getting underway with the Eagles offseason, uh, unrestricted free agents and trades and, and guys being let go. That's the other part. People are getting going to get let go that we don't know yet. Some surprises might be there, and you never know who becomes available and might want to come to Philadelphia on a one-year deal, two-year deal, whatever it might be. Do you feel like Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve as things get underway next week? We'll talk about it with the Flyers and the Sixers until midnight. Ray Dunn is here. We'll get his thoughts and leftovers later on right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5 The Fanatic. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. 97.5 97.5 The Fanatic. All right, 1029 here on this Thursday night. 97.5 The Fanatic. Devon Givens with you. 610-632-0975. We're in the crease until midnight. Flyers fall 1-0 to the Carolina Hurricanes on the road. Back at it against the Penguins at 3.30 on Saturday in Pittsburgh. So, Flyers again. Uh, losers of their last two. They have lost, actually, six of their last seven. And then you can go even further, but I'll just stick with the seven as they've dropped the six of their last seven games. Uh, going against Pittsburgh, who has a 32-22-10 record with 74 points on Saturday. The 6 o'clock hour that you heard earlier today on 97.5 The Fanatic uh, was brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Visit them on Route 17 in Marlton, New Jersey, or at Family Jewelers. Dot com South Jersey's diamond destination. As far as the Eagles go, simple question. Do you feel like Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve this offseason 
as I look at Matt Menard as he's leaving. Does he have something up his sleeve? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Howie Roseman, two thumbs up. Matt Menard says Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve once free agency gets underway next week. So we'll take your phone calls on that. We'll get Ray's thoughts on things here as well with the Flyers and the Eagles question. Do you think he has something up his sleeve? I would wonder, too. I would wonder. You see the Jets had a trade today. I hope that's not in your leftovers. I didn't look at them. I don't know. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers either. It was, uh, who was it? Uh, Clark. So Clark was um, traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the New York Jets. So their defense just adds another decent body to the already good defense that they had. And uh, with that trade and with that deal, they are, are set to look pretty good. And now you hear stuff about Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's also in the leftovers. We'll get to that later with Ray. Uh, but we we don't know what other things might f- drop around the NFL. Surprises happen all the time. We heard, what, last week? Derrick Henry may be on the market. Whoa. Now, we knew things were not looking the same there. But, whoa. Now they're going to get rid of Derrick Henry? Okay. Got it. Don't need him here. That would be nice, but don't need him because the money is just too long. Miles Sanders' part, how much money is he going to get on the open market? You got the tags on the other guys that we talked about on Tuesday. Pollard, Jacobs, and Barkley. He now is the number one running back that's technically unrestricted because he wasn't tagged. He and then David Montgomery and Jamal Williams are also uh, got Kareem Hunt is also out there. So I'm just saying that to point out we never know who else may become available once free agency gets started or the trades. Like, I didn't see today that the, the trade was going to happen with the Jets where they, you know, make a trade for, for Clark. I, I didn't see that happening where Chuck Clark is traded to, to, to the Jets from Baltimore. Now you got Sauce and who's the other rookie? Was it... um. Uh, 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 I know, I know who it was, and um, ah, oh, man. But anyway, the you know they now that their secondary is probably you know solidified there with Clark going to the Jets with Sauce Gardner and the other young corner that I, that's escaping me right now as I'm, I'm about to look up here uh, on the depth chart with the other corner. But I mean the other the other yeah the other corner that that they had there, but. You never know who's going to become available. Never. DJ Reed. That's who it was. DJ Reed. I, I knew it, but yeah. All right. So they have some stuff there. They have some stuff. Now you have Chuck Clark. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I didn't know he was going to be um didn't know he was going to be available on the defensive side. Didn't know he was going to be available. And you never know who will spring loose from any team. All right. Six one oh. Six three two zero nine seven five and let's 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 you know let's get Ray in here first because I know you were chomping at the bit to say something. Then we'll get to Denzel start things off on the phones. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Just a curious move on that one. Uh, you know, you trade a defensive back just a few days after naming the uh, defensive backs coach. Maybe Denar Wilson get in there say, hey, this guy doesn't fit. This isn't someone that we quite need. They have spent money at safety already, and they've got Kyle Hamilton there. But curious, you know, moving moving a guy that was a starter for them that they seem to like, 
But I guess you got Hamilton, you got uh, the other court, the other safety that sit with them that they've spent money on. Interesting to see where the Ravens are going to go and if they attract maybe a defensive back from uh, the Birds. Ah, how about that? Look at that. You attract somebody from here. Bradbury, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. All right, 610-632-0975. Do you think, he, do you think Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve? Is that where you are when it comes to him, that he always pulls something out of his hat? And we were like, oh, pretty good job there, Howie Roseman. Let's go to Denzel in West Philly to start things off here tonight. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Devon? How you feeling? Pretty good, man. Oh, man, I was sick for a few days. I wasn't able to call in. I had a lot to say, though. Oh, man. Well, listen, um, I hope you feel better, and uh, I'll give you some time. Go for it. All right, man. Thank you. But, uh, get it. Uh, what I wanted to say with Howie, um, I'm, I'm a little bit over the radio thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit more gravy. He put together two teams that went to the uh, – two separate teams that went to the Super Bowl, which isn't easy. So he got a little bit. He got a little bit of grace with me. Um, I'm not panicking like I've been seeing like a lot of the things on Twitter as far as like Bradbury leaving, possibly uh, Charleston Gardner. Uh, you keep um, Harvey, you, you can't. I'm, you wasn't gonna be able to pay them what they were. All of them, they are gonna get a uh, pretty good contract, so they can't get them all contracts. When we know we got our core here, we got a lot of good core pieces on the defensive side. Um, I'm okay with uh, start drafting, start building. We got a uh, 2%. I'm going to trust him to draft good. He did good last draft. I gave him an A. We got the Kobe Dean. We got Jordan Davis and Cam Jurgens. Yep. Right. He, he, did, he did good. I'm not, I'm not going to shoot him down. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he wants someone to sleep. I'm not against. Getting Derrick Henry, if we uh, get, if 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 they give us a good contract, I'm not against getting Derrick Henry over Miles Sanders. I mean, I see a lot of people saying that they um two different styles for the offense. I don't think the offense is going to look the same next year. I think it's going to be a lot more spread, a lot more um um. Uh, I don't think as much RPO is going to be into it. I think I think with the new offensive coordinator, they're going to be putting more ranges than they did with uh now that. Are proven they're going to open the offensive table up more, more even more than it was last year. So I don't think our offense is going to look the same with the whole RPO running with the quarterback ten to possibly ten times a game. I don't think our offense is going to look like that next year. And I would not mind if Derrick Henry, if anything, that will open the offense up even more. You see what San Francisco got uh, uh McCaffrey, how that opened their offense up. I think having the power back like that um, uh, stops them from uh, makes them put people in the box. Or, or put him even more at a disadvantage. If he wants to do a play action, a more play action, and don't be able to roll out more, they're not going to be able to play the edge. Keep going up that middle for eight, nine yards, something. That's a, a type of running back that we haven't seen here in a long, long time. So I would not be mad if, if they go at um, Derrick Henry. Um, my sixes point, I haven't been able to uh, get on the uh, pitches. Um, John B, I, I, he's like the MVP, man. I don't know how they keep uh, <laughs> playing with him with that with that award. They like the national media is like acting like he's not leading the league in scoring and, and stuff like that. Uh, with the new addition, Tobias is still uh, it's still upsetting me, but um, that new that new kid that they brought in here, I, I like him. Jalen McDaniels. He, 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 he McDaniels, yeah, yeah, McDaniels. He's, he's doing all the cutting. He's doing all the things that we need. But we don't really need four offensive playmates, offensive players on the floor at once. I do. I am one of the ones that was uh, watching that game. I was thinking, like, 
I think Toby needs to run his own the second unit. I mean, this is going to be his last year. Instead of pushing Maxie to the bench, we should have been pushing uh, Toby to the bench. And that was what the dollars say. I don't, I don't really care about money. I care about fit. If he can, I mean, he can finish the game more, even TJ Tucker. But whichever one, I think the kid needs more minutes. I think because he's going to do the things that's going to give us a different dynamic. Everything is an outside ball handler. And we got somebody that's going to slash a slasher, someone that's going to cut back door and that's going to put himself and he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the the one thing that I was uh, that I had brought up too, uh, Denzel, when you talk about the offense, real fast, was uh, I had asked the question: Do you believe with how the NFL is, as you talked about, with the difference in coordinators and how things are with the RPO and all now with the change of Shane, Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson? My question was because if they lose a bunch of these defensive players, and sure they will replace them, but if the defense is not a top five defense, do you feel like the offense will be explosive enough to still be able to score um, next season and kind of carry things, if you will, for the Birds next season and still um, be a contender? Um, my answer is yes. One, I think um, uh, I'm not going to just say Bradbury. I do think he's a little bit overrated uh, being with that defense. Um, uh, the defensive line, we was very strong on the defensive line. The way we uh, shuffled them out, we were able to, a lot of, if you are looking at the last three or four years, a lot of defensive linemen have gotten some of their best years here in Philly. In the last five, since like 2016, we're very, mm, uh, we're very defensive line uh, friendly. Yeah. Um, with uh, with how we uh, move them out and everything like that. So I think, with, with like I said, with hard grades and, uh, Bradbury, and, and we and we played half the season without C.J. Barron and Johnson. I mean, I'm not taking anything away. He was a great ball hawk. He got he, he did it. He did a great. Basically, job he's saying we we saw them also win while he wasn't there. Right, we saw them win when he wasn't there. And there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of ways uh, expression in multiple ways to get a cat. Um, I I don't think uh, Gardner Johnson. Um, I think he can be replaced with too good. I think his 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 two. Solid pickups, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to come on a one-year deal on a uh, on a Super Bowl contending team that will that's that's win chasing that will want to get it. I don't need, I, like somebody like you get somebody like a, a Patrick Peterson, get like to play the nickel and find another uh, another defensive uh, defensive draft somebody a safety. You got a good pick, you get for uh, a safety pretty high. That could be our first pick uh, with the uh, Saints. We yeah. got like a top ten pick at number eight, right? Uh, 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 number you talking about the Eagles? Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's number it's number ten and, and, and thirty. And listen, man, thanks, man. We got we got. I'm glad you're feeling better, man. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you again. But yeah, they had those two picks at ten and, and at thirty, so thirty or thirty-one, whatever it is. And we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, I think they'll draft a corner, and I think they'll at some point they'll draft a corner. We'll see how the board falls. We'll see things will change after this combine that just ended. All the interviews, pro days, uh, players sneaking in to visit practice facilities and things of that nature to sit down and talk again with the teams. We'll find out. We'll find out how, how it all goes with the uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and the draft. And the draft is on the 15th. No, pardon me. The draft is in, is in uh, April. And we'll see how that, but that's way down the line now because of what we have to worry about in free agency. And free agency that's the thing. Free agency is before the draft. This, the NBA is totally different where sometimes NBA people are like, hey, do it like the NFL. Have the free, have free agency first, then the draft. Then you have 
NFL people like, no, have the draft first, then free agency. So we'll know what we're doing that way. Well, you're doing both. Just you're addressing both, just different order, you know. So there's that. Brian and Plymouth meeting here on 97.5 next. What's up, B? How you doing? Hey, D. I missed the uh, Flyers game. Did my minus uh, under six and a half goals bet come in? One nothing. Flyers fall to Carolina. So you're good. Oh, no, actually, I had the misfortune of watching the whole game. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't make enough plays. We haven't made enough plays. We probably won't make enough plays in the rest of the year. <laughs> Tortorella owned, or earned his whole contract with that comment, and now they can just go ahead and fire him. <laughs> Let him go lambast some other team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's whatever. I'll, we're in the crease, so I had to give my obligatory hockey comment. No, I'm I, glad you did because that means that we are officially in the crease. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so that came in, and four of my other things came in, but uh, unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Lightning hate my freedom, so I couldn't cash a $318 on $5 bet. <laughs> <laughs> but moving right along. Oh, um, <laughs> um, to me, the Eagles need more defensive playmakers, not less. And Gardner Johnson showed that he's a, a playmaker. So uh, it disturbs me that it seems like they're about to let him walk. Um, I, you know me. I don't. I wonder I don't what the know. numbers are. I want he and he. Look, he strikes me as a guy who wants all of the money. Chauncey Gardner well, Johnson. I, I'm not mad at him. Me to see. No, yeah, sure. He should get as much as he can get. I mean, I don't know what the market because he's not a cover corner. So I mean, that's where all the money goes with secondary guys, and he hasn't really established himself as a safety. So I mean, maybe maybe Eagles are just letting him set a market, but um, maybe so. And that's what I was saying, man. Listen, just because but, he had, didn't get the tag and all that stuff doesn't mean he well, won't be back. Well, would they have had to tag him as a corner or a safety? Because I imagine the difference in money is substantial. Yeah, he would probably wanted to be as a corner, but he didn't play corner. He, he he helped out when they needed him at corner, but he was a safety all season long. Yeah, right. I mean, it probably would have been like a uh, you know like a grievance where it went to arbitration or right. something. And look, you know, his but representation is going to bring up the six interceptions and how he led the league and tied you know at the top of the league uh, even when he went oh, out. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. And that's he's supposed to look. We all want him. We all look at him and say, "Hey, bring him back." But if it's going to cost too much, you probably if, once we see the number, I'm, I'm, we're probably going to be like, "All right, we get it." Well, yeah, I mean, when, and when it comes to guys in the middle, playing in the middle of the field, I, nose for football. I mean, I've been saying to you, playmaker, for for a few years now, and uh, he, to me, he had that. So if you have him in house, I would really not like to let a guy like that go, and. That's what I want them to be looking for in the draft, as opposed to you know guys that are just blowing up the combine with with measurables, like mm-hmm. a guy that on film is just always around the football and making plays. I mean, we we need those guys still at every level. I mean, even you know our defensive line was was great last year, but I don't. I feel like that was more of a cumulative effort, cumulative effort as opposed to like you know one, one guy who's just wrecking shop and you know we never have linebackers that are making plays and and to me it's we really could use a safety in the middle of the field that can do that so you are not kidding and you know one play in the super bowl could have swung it or 
as I was saying, kind of tongue in cheek on Twitter, uh, if we had a punter, one punt would have made the difference too. So, um, <laughs> but I, yeah, boy, I, I, don't, I don't know the whole story behind that guy, but that's, yeah, I, I know it seemed like some college nonsense. We'll, we'll hear something though once, once, um, maybe not even early in the free agency and all that stuff. We'll probably hear more around training camp when somebody does sign him. Yeah, I would imagine so. I would see. Again, I don't know the backstory. Whatever. Really, we've had great success down under. Just get one of my Alada's cousins. Give him a football. Let him kick it around. Let's, yeah, let's rock. That's right. Do your homework. Do your homework, Howie and the scouts. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, let's go Sixers tomorrow. Yes, sir. Have a great night. You too, man. Really appreciate it. 610-632-0975. And what he was bringing up was the punt guy, the kid, you know, had the allegations against him. Um and uh, Buffalo Bills had selected him in the draft. Looked like he was going to be a really seemingly, based on what we had seen in training camp and then in the short time that we saw in the preseason, that he might really be something. And for him, unfortunately, as Brian was just talking about, the allegations against him and some friends while, they were, while he was at San Diego State, you just couldn't hang on to him. You just couldn't. You had to let him go. And as a result, he did not get picked up. I don't know if he's playing in the XFL or the CFL or doing anything. I guess he's just working out, getting ready for this offseason. Because weren't the charges dropped, I think, where they dropped? I believe they were dropped. Or some whatever it was, he wasn't found guilty of anything, right? So with that, he's out there and he's available. Someone, someone, someone. We'll pick him up. Someone will take that chance. I think. I think. So, will it will it be Philadelphia? I don't know, but you better do your homework. I tend to lean more. Who who was it that just got into the mess with the Eagles before the Super Bowl? Was it Toth who was just let go by the team? Was it him? With the allegations yeah. laid up, and they just let him go. They just let him go, yeah. So maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't want to attach themselves to anything like that as things get underway with this squad. So 610-632-0975. I... I just think, again, I just think Howie has something up his sleeve. I just do. I just think he has something up his sleeve. You got anything wild, you think? Like, obviously, you can't, he's got something up his sleeve. You can't exactly predict. But if you had to guess uh, where. No, I, 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 I don't. It's just more of where we think they're going to have a hole or a gap in, in their lineup. We know that they, they're going to fill the, the spot. It's not going to be vacant. We know that. What I'm saying is that. We're going to look up and say, all right, well, all right, Brandon Graham comes back on a one-year deal for, I don't know, $5 million, right? <laughs> that, that, that'd be fine. But then it'll be, is it Jalen Ramsey? You, you know what I'm saying? Just as an example. And how do they get that done? Well, how he did this. You, you, you know what I mean? Tim McManus is reporting that this is what happened. Buys like, the whole of the market. And then we're like, there he is again. Howie does it again. 
So, all right. So, charges were dropped. And playing in Mexico. What's in Mexico? He signed, apparently, with the Mexican football team. Not not soccer. American football. American football in Mexico. To stay busy? I guess. He signed in the middle of February. Okay. Don't know. As surprised as you were with the fact that there was football in Mexico was about the uh, success I had in finding any sort of numbers or what exactly he's up to. Huh. Interesting. All right. Let's go to Andrew in Westchester and playing in Mexico on 97.5 The Fanatic. Andrew, how you doing? Hey, Devon. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you. So, listen, I know I may be in uh, the minority in this case, but I'm going to try to make a case to re-sign Bradbury instead of Johnson. Okay. So, my thing is, I think that cornerback, well, I don't think this, cornerback has definitely been a problem for the Eagles. If you're talking about the last... I for know, like years. 15, since yeah, since for a long Asante time. Samuel. Yeah. So that's what, like 13 years ago, I think? Mm-hmm. About that. So the thing is, I think that I would rather have two shutdown corners and then try to draft a safety. And my big thing is, I'm not saying that the safety we draft or pick up in free agency is going to... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, is going to play at C.J. Garner-Johnson's level. But I think that they can play at like a Marcus Epps level that's, ex- I don't want to say acceptable, but it's okay to where it's not going to kill the team. I think it's a lot harder to find a cornerback, as we've seen the last 13, 15 years. It's a lot harder to find a cornerback that's going to play up to Bradbury's level. And also, I just think that having him and Slay together is just really going to help defense because in the safeties, I feel like don't have to do as much. If you have two shutdown corners, I may be wrong about that. I'm not a huge X's and O's guy about football, but that's just kind of my opinion on it. I think it's a lot easier to find a durable safety than it is a cornerback. Interesting. Um, because, look, when you look at Kansas City and what they did, they had a, a veteran out there, and then they had a rookie opposite him who was a first-round pick. And then they had safeties that were also young players on the back end, to your point. And that's why I had asked uh, there uh, when we were sitting there on the phone um, at first with Denzel, which was the question of, hey, how do you how do you look at things as far as the offense just simply outscoring since we know the offense is explosive where you take a step back defensively? but you feel so good about what your offense can do, you may not have to rely as much on the defense because if the offense can score their points, give yourself a lead, uh, the offense on the opposing team may be kind of one-dimensional at that point because the birds are up, let's say, 21-7, and now they have to throw the football. So you know what they're doing. So you pin your yeah. ears back, you go after them a little bit, and you, you, let your, you let your front four do what they need to do to get there, but you also have good enough NFL players to make plays on the back end of the secondary. Yeah. And I think also like another reason I would want to re-sign Bradbury is just because I think if you have shut down corners and I think the, the big question mark is, are they going to re-sign a guy like Hargraves and things like that? I just of money. Think it's, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it's possible to pay him. I think it's $20 million. I could be wrong about that. Well, but. well, I've seen a projection anywhere from 17 to 20 yeah, but still, even if it's 17, which is like the cheapest possible option, that's still a lot. Of still a lot, I yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to... But, but the Eagles like to build from within. So maybe they prioritize that. Even at the age of 30, they prioritize that and still draft one with one of those first two, first, those two first-round picks. Yeah. 
So I have a question just because I'm not a huge uh, whiz with the salary cap. If they were to restructure Lane Johnson's deal and Slay's deal, I think those were the two deals I heard they could possibly kind of restructure. Would they be able to have enough money for Hargrave, even though he's going to ask for property? If they restructure, yeah, they'll have enough to do certain things. Yeah, and I wonder, I, I don't know the rules. This is where I'm, I'm a little um, off with the NFL rules of restructuring because – they always restructure, it seems, Lane Johnson's deal. I don't know how many years you can do that based on league rules. Yeah. Collective also, bargaining rules. I don't know that answer. Yeah. Can I get a quick Sixers point in before please, I go? Please, please. So, listen, I totally understand that fans um, don't believe this team can make it past the second round. I, like, I get it. It's been frustrating the last three to four seasons. But I just think that fans need to kind of sit back and enjoy this. Like, I don't think in a couple of years, let's say Embiid's contract runs out or maybe he gets hurt to where he can't play in three or four years. I think fans are going to look back and say, man, we really didn't appreciate James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Embiid together. And listen, it may end in the second round, unfortunately. That just, you know, it, there's the East is very talented with Milwaukee and with Boston. But I just think, like, it's one of those things, like, with the Phillies. Like, if you get in, anything can happen. And I think they're talented enough to where I think they're more talented than that Jimmy Butler team, personally. I know this team isn't that deep off the The starting five is better there, even though they had some depth on that team, too. The overall team here is probably better. Yeah. So I just think it's the thing. Well, listen, if it ends in the second round, unfortunately, you know, if that's how it is, it's how it is. But I just want fans to enjoy it because – I think in three or four years when you don't have Harden and Embiid together along with Tyrese Maxey, and listen, I know Tobias is kind of on and off, but that's a great, and P.J. Tucker, that's a great starting five. I just want fans to appreciate it, especially from where we came, what, like six or seven years ago where we watched Michael Carter-Williams and Jakar Sampson and Okafor, like those guys starting. I just want guys to appreciate it. I hear it. Well, it sounds like uh, you, 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 are, you have full faith in these guys, and that's, that's great, man. There's 17 games left, so we'll see what happens. Have a good night, Andrew. Right, Thank you, you man. Too, really Bob. appreciate Thank it. You. you too. Thank you. And uh, my question yesterday with uh, Ray here, I'll let you think about it, Ray, as we finish things up with Andrew Uh, We talked to a lot of people yesterday, and one of my questions for the Sixers as we talked heavy Eagles on on Wednesday was, "Do you are you now at a place where you have full faith and trust in the partnership of Embiid and Harden?" Let you think about it. We'll come back. We'll get your thoughts on that, Andrew. Great stuff, man. Six one zero six three two zero nine seven five. Hanging out until midnight on this Thursday in the crease, following the Flyers one nothing loss to the Hurricanes here on the Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic. Did you see Fred Van Vliet last night after the Raptors game? After a few games here now where he and the Raptors seem to have gotten screwed on some calls. And listen. 
the Sixers and the, the, the Celtics and the Bucks, they're all fighting for positioning there in the top three. Sixers right now in the third spot behind the Boston Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks played tonight. They beat Brooklyn 118-113. So the Sixers are four and a half games back of the Bucks, two games back of the Celtics. And the Celtics won their last game, which was last night against the Portland Trailblazers, who the Sixers will host tomorrow. Um, Sixers two games back, two and a half back from Milwaukee are Boston. The Sixers are two and a half games up on Cleveland. And you know that splits and things are important. You know, the tiebreakers and all that stuff where they split the first two games, Cleveland and the Sixers actually play next week. Um, I think it's next week, next Wednesday or something like that. The Sixers play in Cleveland. So that's going to be an important game because that could be a tie-breaking situation against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both teams have won three games in a row. So Toronto, though, as you have Cleveland, New York, and Brooklyn fighting it out for four, five, and six, where it's really Cleveland and New York. New York is trailing Sacramento at this time, 65-45. So that's good for everybody else in the Eastern Conference that the Knicks are falling to the Sacramento Kings. Brooklyn lost again, as we mentioned, in Milwaukee. Miami has lost their last game. The Hawks are... um, So my point is this. Right now, the Raptors are just a game and a half back of Atlanta. So if you saw the game where it was the Toronto Raptors, and I don't remember the opponent, but Scotty Barnes, it was down to the wire. Down to the wire. Scotty Barnes reacted to, I think, a loose ball or a foul that was called or something along those lines. The official called the play, and he turned, and he gestured and, you know, waved his arms up like most people do. But it was like, a, it wasn't even really like waving his arms. It was really moving his hands. Like, seriously? And then, um, Scott Foster gives him a technical and throws him out of the game. I bring that up because they were down by a point with about five seconds to go in the game, and you toss the player where it didn't look like he did much, and you give them an extra point in the guts of the game like that, you can't do that. Now, we don't know what he said, but of course, Scott Foster said he said something, and therefore, whatever he said, it was inappropriate, and he was undermining the officials and really, you know, coming at them in that way. I don't know what it said, but just based on the eye test of how it went at, went down, we were like, yo, that might have been a bit excessive. Then I didn't see the ending last night with the Toronto Raptors, but whatever it was, whatever it was, Fred Van Vliet had had enough. He went on a, a run for about a good 30, 35 seconds explaining why Ben Taylor was an awful official. He bleeped it up. This is the bleeping time that he did this. He's this. He's that. And oh, you actually have it? Oh, there's a lot of bleeps in there. It, as long as it's clean. Andrew I'm, took care of it, I think. It? Well, let's do it. Here we go. We got Fred Van Bleed after the game last night on the podium talking about Ben Taylor. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that mm. on most nights, you know, couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just <laughs> the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bull <laughs> tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well 
And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. There you go. Fred Van Vliet, Toronto Raptors guard on a 32 and 35 team in the play-in tournament. And Chicago is only a game back of Washington, only two and a half games back of Toronto. Toronto in the ninth spot is a game back of, game and a half back of Atlanta. They're three games back of Miami for seven. So every game matters. Every game matters. And he said, look, we lost the game. It's on us. But enough is enough. Well, you knew he was going to get fined. He knew he was going to get fined $30,000 for public officiate criticism of the officiating. It was announced today by Joe Dumars, who is the executive vice president, head of basketball ops. He made his uh, comments after the Raptors 108-100 loss to the Clippers on Wednesday night. I had no problem with it. That's how he felt. That's how he felt things have been officiated. He is not one to fly off the handle like that. And he just got to a point where, okay, here it goes. By the way, I have a, 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 a contract. I'm good as far as my money goes. I'll pay the fine. That $30,000 is not going to mean anything here because this needs to be said. He said it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's on the one hand. I love the honesty and I love the way he presented. And I, you know, I think personally the way he goes about doing it, despite all the bleeps that you have to throw in there, is really well done. Of the, we didn't lose the game because of this. And I want to be very clear. I have some good relationships with officials and I don't think it's a tough job. He goes about it in the entire right way. And this is my brain thinking here of, man. What comment is worth $30,000? I know it's not $30,000 the way it'd be $30,000 to me. It's $30 to you. Yeah, exactly. Even that, yeah. You know, but seriously. May not even be 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, listening to it, I think that's the type of thing that could get a team that's fighting right now a little fired up. With, uh, you know, obviously they have lots to play for anyways, but... You hear someone go out there and just be that honest and take it on the chin and know exactly what's going to happen to them when they say it. But if the team, is that's the way they feel, having one of their leaders go out and actually say this publicly, that's the type of guy you, you kind of want to rally around. You want to go after it. So I respect the comments. The only, you know, the only thing to me is always the dollar signs to go after it. I just, you know, I want to know. <laughs> that's all I'm, you were worried about is the money. Uh, he handled everything else the right way. It was the money for you. Yeah. I mean, I would, truthfully. You feel bad for him, huh? Truthfully. If I was in charge, and I know chaos would, would reign if I was in charge. He wants to come out and say it, and there's merit to it. Guess what? That holds the official accountable. Talk about accountability across the board. Maybe I wouldn't take thirty thousand dollars out of his, well, his paycheck. Maybe maybe now things are a little bit on the radar. You know how, like we talked about the play in the Super Bowl with James yep. Bradbury. Well, look, it happens in every game: NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, where you focus on, hey, official. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Well, what he did was he just put a bullseye on Ben Taylor. Now, the NBA is probably not going to do anything because they're not going to do anything in the moment. But you better believe 
that um, what's his name? Uh, Nick Nurse going forward is probably going to say something next time Ben Taylor is officiating their game. Now, Ben Taylor, will he have a quick trigger? He can't because the target is on him now. So anytime he does make a bad call where we perceive it as a bad call, and then you get the, oh, my gosh, palms up or waving the hands from the rafters, especially Fred Van Vliet, then what? Then what? So I, I, I didn't mind it because there are times where I'm like, all right, guys, enough is enough. That was terrible. And I, these are games I'm not even have no, I'm not invested in these games. I don't have a dog in a fight where I want this team to win, where, you know, seeing the Sixers win or, in my case now, seeing Mikael win with this new team and all that. I, what? I'm just watching because I'm a fan. And then when the officials get in the way, how many times do we hear it? Hey, we didn't come to see you. We came to see them. Don't tell them that. Legitimately, there are, I think there are some out there that feel they are a part of the theater. That this is, they can be the orchestrators of this wonderful, wonderful product. And it's like, no, man, like, you're like the, the tree in the backdrop of the play, you know? Like, you're there, you have to be there for what happens and what's happening in the scene in front of you, but you're not really what I'm here to see. Like, you got to take your back seat and enjoy it. But I, there are some, and again, it's a tough job. It takes a certain kind of person to do it. But because it's that certain kind of person, there is also a certain kind of ego that comes with some of these people that think they are not just officiating this game, but they are part of the theater. They are part of the art that this is putting in front of your eyes. They think they're part of the product. When in reality, they have to be there, yes, to orchestrate the rules, but they don't have to be a part of what we are watching. He got his money's worth. I did. Whatever the, the 30000 now that we know defines, 30000 he got his money's worth. <laughs> he, he said it all. Hey, if said a mouthful there, man. If the NBA is looking for somewhere to put that $30,000, uh, I got my Venmo. And uh, you know, if you want to, you want to hit the line for that. That'd be not real nice. Thirty thousand. That's the thing. I actually thought it was going to be a fine and maybe a suspension because of how far he went. Like one game, just one game, nothing crazy, right? Because there was no need for that. But I thought since he did it so, he went so far. It was like, uh oh, yeah, they're going to get him. So, just given the landscape of the NBA right now, had this happened in a less hectic week. For the league offices. No, I think this was going to be it. You thought that, that, well, no, what you're saying about suspension, like if it had maybe hit a little bit higher on Where, the radar of people paying attention. The uh, Memphis stuff right. and all that. Um, again, that was just me thinking it. I'm not saying that that was what it was going to be or what it should have been or what past things would have been because of some tirades. I was just like, oh, I wonder. So I would still say no even though, you know, the Memphis stuff is up top right now. I would still say no. Follow-up. Yes. If this was Draymond. No, I think he would have just been fine. Just been fine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if, I don't know that the number would have been any different. Like, higher, I mean. Just would have been what it was. No, yeah, I just, I always wonder how the situation of the league and the situation of the player impacts what they get. You know, Fred, like you said, 
This is not a Van Vliet special. This is not something where he comes to the podium and you start eating your popcorn and waiting for him to rip people and rip apart the league, rip apart officials, coaching, teammates. Like, this is not something he does. So you are, you really take into account what he's saying because it has to be something that really he truly feels to be sharing it on this level where the league could look at it like, okay, you know, man's kind of got a point and we don't hear this from him a lot. So we're not going to really take the stand on him where if it's someone you hear from all the time and when they step in front of a microphone, you never quite know well, who's about to get ripped. Then maybe you have it, which I bring up Draymond and the ripping just because some fun between him and uh, Dylan Brooks this week also in the NBA radar. Yeah, that was that was, they played tonight. Memphis won. Golden State lost. They had one incident. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, that was it. I just sent you something, too, in your DM. Check that out. Let me know what you think. 610-632-0975. Drew in Westchester. What's going on, Drew? Hey, Devon. How you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm not doing so good. I didn't have a good night in sports fandom, you know. Uh, Penguins blew a 3-1 lead in the third period, lost in overtime. Uh-oh. Yeah, it kind of bummed me out. Versus the Islanders, who they're fighting there for that final. The Isles. Spot. Yeah. And now uh, I see Villanova, my alma mater, they're getting crushed by Creighton right now. Yeah, so. I didn't turn it on yet, so now that you're telling me, so they're getting crushed. Sorry time. if I ruined it for you. Yeah, no, 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 it's cool, because I, I just got late to it. I had basketball on in here, but I didn't have that game on. Yeah, now they're almost like double digits right now. Like, it's, it's not looking Second good. Second half? Yeah, it's like uh, 10 minutes or a little less. Than, I think, than the, still got time. Still got time. Man, yeah, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, man, I see so it, fifty-six we, forty-one. You know, fifteen yeah, points. It's not yeah, twenty. It's not twenty. Not twenty. Wow, Cam only he only has four points. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just was flipping, and I just kind of was like, oh man, I bummed out to see the score. So, um, yeah, man. So we usually talk Sixers stuff like that. So I thought maybe we talk a little hockey. Yeah, I they funny. lose tonight, one nothing. Yeah, I mean it's. That's a tough loss, but I mean, Carolina, I mean, they're a good team, so, I mean, you gotta, you know, you can't, you can't be too upset with a one up and loss versus a team like that caliber, but, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts going into the, uh, you know, now that we're winding down? I don't know how many games are left, like 15, maybe 20. If like, yeah, so the Sixers have 17, so the Flyers always begin first, so they probably have about 15 left. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, 14, probably the Flyers ain't gonna make, I mean, they're, they're not, they're, I mean, I know a lot of people were bumming that they didn't make any moves towards the trade deadline, but at the same time, it's kind of like if you don't have anything to to, to play with, you know, like who who wants who wants to like do anything with it? You know what I mean? So it was kind of like it would have been like a pretty far stretch for them to move anybody. I mean, I know they had a chance to Van Riemsdyk, but I don't know, man. They they just seem like they're in a really bad. Uh, state of disarray moving forward and it's and it's crazy man because we talk about them we come on after the games and we discuss things uh, about this team and i mean you don't really know where else to go other than we're just waiting for the season to end so uh, after at the trade deadline people really unloaded on chuck fletcher and the flyers oh i know it and now the season we're waiting for the season to be over so they can unload again and say Thank goodness this is finally over with. Now fire him in the offseason and fix this thing. Okay, yeah, I guess maybe that's the best course going forward. Yeah, you got to just start over fresh because... Well, that's I mean, what people want. Yeah, they want to get rid of him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, like I said, you know, I know I'm a Penguins fan, but yeah, I live here yeah. in Philly, so obviously I know a lot about the Flyers. I used to be a fan back when I was a little kid, so I, I follow them pretty, pretty hard, and I just know. I mean, I know their their fan loyalty and everything. It's just amazing that I never thought I would see like that team with the type of pedigree they usually put on the ice, be in the position they're in, where they're like a bottom feeding team. I know they. They've had moments of that in the past, but for the most part, they always seem to be, um, you know, somewhat competitive or, you know, right there as a playoff team. And it's just like really surprising that they've, they've, they've come to this point. So it looks like they have 17 games left. Yeah. So I mean, they're going to finish in like the bottom five probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, 24, 30, and 11. If I look at the standings, in the NHL, to your point of the overall league, um, the Flyers are right now in the bottom seven. Seven? Oh, well, it's actually better than I thought, to be honest with you, Devon. I, I, I wasn't expecting much this season. I was I'm surprised. I mean, they came out pretty good, so I guess that helped them out, but they're coming back to reality. You yes, know. they are. Yeah, so. Yes, they are. But. Yeah, right, we still have other teams, buddy. So always good talking to you. Always, man. man. We'll talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll catch up. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bob. You got it, man. Really appreciate it. Again, Drew in Westchester, big big time hockey fan, and um, his Penguins they host the Flyers on Saturday, three thirty in Pittsburgh. So he will have he will be busy. Drew will be busy on Saturday with the Flyers and the. Uh, the Penguins. So there's that. Uh, Tony Brothers, as Brian Plymouth Meeting sends me a photo of Tony Brothers. <laughs> Tony don't play around either. Uh, uh, Brian says, Welcome to the party, Fred Van Vliet. NBA refs messing up the viewing experience since 1952. 52. <laughs> Oh, man. Fred Van Vliet said, all right, let's have at it. Let's get to it. Good for him. Good for him. Went right at him. And I was here for it. You were here for it. Why is Ben Simmons trending? That's lost. What is he trending for? What did he do now? Um, I guess it's because he didn't play tonight and they still want to reevaluate him with his injury again. All right, I guess that's what it is, that he's not in the lineup. Uh, once again, Spencer Dinwiddie. A lot of guys didn't play tonight for the Nets, and they lost to the Bucks. But Ben Simmons is the one that's trending. And, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, final segment. Here on the other side for which one do you have? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, on the other side, we'll get to what Jalen Hurts had to say at the Maxwell Awards, the dinner tonight. And he was, I don't, I guess he got Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL or something. I don't know which one it was. I'll look it up to see what it was that he received the award for. But he, he said something. And Ray, I guess, was saying it's pretty good, it's good enough. So we'll air it on the other side, let you hear what your quarterback had to say. You know it was something because he always gives you something to leave you scratching your head saying, man, I need to go better my life <laughs> or approach, approach things differently. And we'll play that. On the other side, final segment, Leftovers at 11.45 with Ray Dunn here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5 The Fanatic.
BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. 97.5 The Fanatic. Final segment, 97.5 The Fanatic here on this Thursday night. Back at it tomorrow, beginning at 6 o'clock. Probably from the center before Sixers and Trailblazers as we get underway at 6. Get to the pregame coverage at 6.50. And then Tom McGinnis on the game call as Damian Lillard brings Matisse Thibel back to the center tomorrow night. See what kind of ovation he gets or greeting or whatever he gets. I think he'll get a nice ovation from the crowd. It's like, all right, it's enough is enough. It's, he's gone. We don't have to make fun of him anymore. But um, I don't know. Maybe if he misses a shot or something, they'll cheer or doesn't take a shot, he'll, they'll cheer. I don't know. I don't know. Does he get a video? I think he will. I, you know what? I didn't ask that. I think he does get a video. I would think so. Yeah, I think he'll get a video. I do. Um, yeah, I think he gets a video. Why not? He was here for three and a half years. Did some good things here. Made two all-NBA defensive teams went as a reserve. And uh, one as a starter, one as a reserve. And he was well-deserving uh, of of that honor. That's how good of a defensive player wa- he was. But, you know, then he then he just backed off. Lost his confidence and he needed to change the scenery and I guess this was it. I guess this was it when it came to the change of scenery. And we'll see what he does in Portland. Familiar with the area, from the area, up there in Seattle, you know, all that. So not too far from there. So good for him. Wish him luck. And just not tomorrow, as Doc Rivers said today. Just not tomorrow. <laughs> Can I continue uh, a, a, a little point we got into in the last segment? Please. Dylan Brooks had something to say. Are you shocked? No, not at all. I can't stand him. So what did he say? I know I'm a better player than him in regards to Draymond Green. He's a better offensive player. Yeah. He's a he's a good defensive player. He's a better offensive player. Um, but at the end, Draymond has the championships and you don't. <laughs> I'm shocked it didn't get worse. Well, I, I think I think they both understood that all eyes were on them because of what was said already so i think they were just um i think they were they were more than prepared for what was what what it could have been and then they also rant stuff going on that's true yeah just my thought it's a it's a tough loss for that warriors team it is man curry's back so you can't you can't lose these types of games, especially with them being shorthanded. No Brandon Clark, no Stephen Adams. We already talked about the John Morant part of it. You can't you can't keep losing these types of games. You just can't. But they did. All right, listen, man. Maxwell Football Awards tonight. 
a lot of awards going around, and Jalen Hurts received the let me let me get it right real really fast here. He received. I was I was just looking at it, so let me scroll back to it so I could say it correctly. The Burt Burt Bell Award from the Maxwell Football Club. And he had some things to say in his acceptance speech. And it appears that it's pretty much on par with what Jalen Hurts typically does. So let's hear what he had to say after winning the award. Thank you, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Y'all, y'all don't get used to that other thing we did. We, we plan on finishing moving forward. Um, and- Because, um, like you all, uh, I know y'all love the game, but uh, I love that. I love that. I love, I love it a lot. Uh, and um, I'm never, ever satisfied. And, you know, I know uh, Coach Sirianni, um, everyone in that building, we're all looking forward for, looking forward to what's to come. So I know we ain't, uh, we didn't, it's only the beginning, like Mom said. Uh, <laughs> it's only the beginning. But um, I know I ain't, um, I know I didn't walk through that sm- Walk through that fire just to smell of smoke. So we're going to finish it off like that. Thank you. Jalen Hurts, um, you mentioned something that I wasn't. So now hearing it, as you talked about it, the whole thing about loving the game. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm more along the lines of you now that I heard it. He was about to tell everyone. I know, and this is the Maxwell Award crowd. Like, this is not like your NFL honors where you got <laughs> Kelly Clarkson inexplic- inexplicably there or you got someone else, you know, some famous people saying out there. He was sitting in front of, like, some of the most dedicated football minds in the area and was about to say, I know you all love the game, but I love it more. But he stopped himself. Smart man. This is, this is 99 awareness by Jalen Hurts right here. And he's like, I know you all love the game, but I, I love it a lot too. And that's a good way to keep yourself from getting anyone upset because, you know, there might be someone there in the audience that would take exception. What? He thinks he loves the game more than me. How? (laughs) I've loved this game since 1954. And and get upset. So good work, Jalen Hurts there. And another Jalen Hurts bar at the end. Another one. Where he nearly misspoke, mi- nearly misspoke there. Yeah, through through the smoke, and the, you know he he always does it. I know. Where does he come up with these? Does he have like a calendar, or is this just like he's a, right. a well read man? And he sees some things, and then he turns some other things, and it's his. Not the stuff that he's not plagiarizing. He's just hearing things, and then he's just like, "Let me flip this." Now flipped it. I know it's it's incredible. I need. He does it every time. He needs to write my stuff. He does it every single time. Also, an award winner from the Eagles tonight, that would be Brandon Graham. And interesting, because Brandon Graham won the uh, Steinberg Di Nicola Humanitarian Award. No surprise there. Brandon Graham, nice dude, great guy. Not surprised by that. He's up there with a hat on. You know, baseball cap. Really? Eagles hat. Ah, the agent Brandon Graham. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I love the birds. I'm guessing. I'm now. I'm just reading between the lines. Why are you wearing the hat? Well, I love the birds. This is my place. This is my organization. That was my thinking. What's your thinking? 
if he is bold enough to get up on stage a week before free agency and wear an Eagles hat, that leads me to believe one thing. He's back. He's back? He's back. Okay. Officially declaring him back. You can say that Ray Dunn had it first at, what time? 11.38, March 9th. Ray Dunn said it. He's back. I read the tea leaves, and the tea leaves being that hat on stage. Welcome back, Brandon Graham. We're happy to have you. Let me go find that thank you 97.5 drop. Welcome. Welcome back, Brandon Graham. We knew you weren't going anywhere. We knew it. We knew it all along. Happy to see you back, man. Happy to see you back. Told you. The money's right. I'm, I want him back. I don't want him leaving. There's no need to leave. Money's right. I'll take it. I'm, I'm all for it. And he had to think the same way. Yeah. He, he's comfortable here. Why, why mess up a good thing? The money's good enough. Why mess up a good thing? Yeah. Yeah. No need to. No need to. So, good stuff there. The usual. From, from, from your guys, your leaders of that football team. No surprise there. And I wonder when he's going to get his contract. Wonder when that's Thank you, 97.5. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, 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 again, though, I wonder when his is going to be signed. You think he does a little... Uh... I saw a report where it was like 263 that he might get. Let me see. I'll look it up. I have oh, we're talking Hurts when he gets his money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I'd imagine it's going to be sooner rather than later, right? You would think that their entire off-season plans kind of sit in the balance of, okay, what's the future cap hit going to be here? How much can I invest down the line? All right, I mean, here it is. Real fast. This is from Spotrack, 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 whatever it is. And, of course, our great friend Matt Menard put together a great sheet. The, the calculations from them, 60, I mean, six years, $265.3 million, which annually four, four, $44.2 million per season. Many thought he would get 50. Maybe he will. This is just their calculation, again, from spot track, spot track, whatever. Yeah, going six I'm years. I'm okay with that. Going six years, I'm, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to lessen the uh, AAV, as we love to say, instead of just how much he makes per year. Annually. Yeah. No, 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 no. AAV. Yes, you can't say annually? No, you can't, apparently. <laughs> apparently, we as the sports media decided like two or three years ago. It was like, I think around the Harper signing. When everyone in sports media decided, no, per year is not cool enough. AAV is what we're rolling with. So his AAV would be good. Stuff I don't know. To make it cooler or abbreviated. Uh, when you say AAV, you're putting more into it than saying annually. Oh, I know. And then people, wait, what? AAV? Because it's not a normal thing. You and I, so, we talk salary. We talk per year. That's how normal people talk about it. No reason why we're going AAV for an athlete. And what is the AAV? Annual average. <laughs> See? See, you got us. I don't know. AAV. AAV. 2023 AAV. I'm looking for the AAV. 
Let me see. Let me let me look it up for you. AAV in football terms. AAV meaning is oh I, I did that one wrong. I have to go back and and check it out. Oh jeez. Now I I typed in AAV and I did the same thing probably as you. I got the medical definition yeah. of AAV. I don't want medical yeah, definition of AAV. Viruses. What are we, yeah, viruses. Yeah, viruses. What what is average auction value. See? What? Oh no, that's fantasy. That's fantasy. See? Average annual value. Average annual value. There you go. All right. That is fantasy. You're right. See, now you're saying average annual value when you can say annually. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, because it's the average because some years he gets paid more than others. Man, am I running the sheets? No. I have no... I, I'm just saying annually. I barely know how to open Excel. You know, I don't need to know the average annual value. Just give me the final numbers. I can do division. And we'll figure it out from there. You, you tell me year to year how much he's making. Like, well, what do we do? AAV. The annual. Yeah, get out of here. The annual. That's it. All right. Ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I'm seeing the stuff here that you said. Uh, Dylan Brooks. I'm better than him. Draymond also said his Grizzlies teammates don't like him. And then he commented with a quote of, I'm not the one out there getting into physical altercations with my teammates. It's a good comeback. Yeah, but that was... You set yourself up for that one. Yeah, Draymond really, really kind of didn't think that went through. No, he did not. He said, I think Draymond is pretty good with this stuff, but he set himself up. Um, set himself up for that. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's that seems like all the stuff that's there with that one. Also, I don't think this is on your. Is this one on your? your uh, it has to do with Josh Harris. No, Josh Harris. We talked about this weeks ago when the reports came down about the NFL. Dan Snyder finally giving it up. Finally, finally, and what is he doing? Josh Harris looking to buy the Washington no. football team. Why, Commanders? Come on. Stop. He's buying the commanders. No. Well, it's not official, but he is one of them that's put together a group. And it looks like it's very possible that this thing could happen. Remember Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z, their, their group. Doesn't seem like Dan Snyder wants to sell to uh, Bezos. No. So it is. Josh. I don't think he's, I don't, number one, I don't think he cares what Eagle fans think. Because look at the Flyers with the Devils. He bought that team. I don't think he cares. I think he's about, I see this opportunity. This is, you know, I can rebuild this thing, the asset that it is, because they rebuild things. Yep. And he sees it as an opportunity again to own another major franchise. This would be a third, no, fourth, because they have the soccer team. The Blitzer, he and the Blitz, you know, he yep. and David Blitzer. And he's going to do it again. And he doesn't care. Eagles are a different animal, man. Eagle fans, boy, Washington comes here to play every year. Are you going to sit in the box at the link? Okay. The day that goes through, Josh Harris, 610-632-0975. Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to need to do. Because I, I'm feeling it right now. I can already feel the, come on, the disgust. It's the commanders for crying out loud. It's the commanders. And and 
all due respect with the Devils Flyers situation right now, if the Flyers were competing and were not, if the Flyers fan base focus wasn't so much on the disgust they have for the Flyers right now, I think that'd be a bigger deal. But the Commanders, it's legitimately been a doormat. They've been terrible in the perennial lurker. Every year there's a down year in the NFC East. That is when the commanders go do their thing. They have been lurkers in this division. They have not been good enough to really do anything. And now we're going to have to deal with Josh Harris rebuilding them. And we're going to get some probably regional sports thing that doesn't make sense between. Because you remember they were interested in that too. Mm-hmm. Commanders. For the commanders, Sixers, Devils fan out there. You're going to have something. Something built. Well, listen, man. Listen. It's not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty. All right, it's 11.47. Let's get to the leftovers. They're pretty. Some good ones here. Close out the night. Bold assumptions saying they're pretty. All right. All right, we're going to start with some college hoops because, hey, I love some good college hoops. I know you love some good college hoops. I like college hoops. It's rolling right now. It's March time, baby. Oh, baby, I cannot wait. I'm already making plans for next week. I know who I'm watching games with. I think my apartment's going to be the Dayton, Ohio. I think it'll be a first four location, and then we're going to start rolling with some reach. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't oh, so wait. what is Temple? What is, what's it looking like? Give us, the, give us the forecast of what things look like for Temple basketball. Temple needs men's to win. Men's and women's. Women's? Season's over. All right. Season, season's men's. over. Uh, men's need to win the conference. And where would this be? This is in Fort Worth, Texas right now. Okay. AAC. They start with Cincinnati on Friday. Oh, tomorrow. Uh-huh. Tomorrow ran into them. Oddly enough, our flight coming in was the same plan they were taking out to go back. We were delayed, so they were delayed. Uh, so I got to talk with them as they were coming back. They seemed to be in good spirits going up. Uh, they played a great game against Cincinnati at the end of February, and I imagine that the game tomorrow will be similar okay. early in the afternoon. So right. take a look at that one. Uh, this is this kind of pertains in the Philadelphia space in that Villanova Ended the coaching career at Georgetown of one, Patrick Ewing, 13 ah. and 50 over the last two seasons. Okay. He has been relieved of his duties as Not the Hoyas coach. He was a terrible coach. Yeah. Terrible situation, though, also. Terrible situation uh, with that group. So, not surprised by that yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and you knew they would give him a little bit of extra time, which they did because he's Patrick Ewing. Yep. But not a good situation. Nope. No, not a good situation at all. Between he. And then, of course, Bayheim and, and the retirement kind of, tour, I guess, retirement is the way they're branding it. Yeah. Two people that really built the Big East and kind of helped put college basketball on the map in terms of the national game. And we talked about Bayheim last night. It was yeah, time for him to go, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Time for him to go. I thought it was time for him to go when they had those issues yep. with the coach up there, you know. Mm-hmm. Having some the assistant coach having some problems, mm-hmm. but it was time to go then. Yes, it's All been right. it's been due. They 2015 they named a successor in three years. It's almost it's been eight now. Long yeah. overdue. It's long overdue. Uh, but just interesting to see both of them leaving their schools. Obviously, totally different circumstances, totally different accomplishments. Head coach, but two guys who really built the national stage for college hoops. Uh, Peace in, out, both of them. Yeah. Peace out. In other college hoops uh, news, this trickled in today, uh, and this was courtesy of at Brandon R. Marks, who uh, covers UNC and Duke for The Athletic. Uh, After leaving the North Carolina locker room, I'd be very surprised if that team accepts an NIT bid. 
Obviously, it's their call, but to echo other reporters, this particular group seems mostly done. Can't blame them. The fall of UNC. So clearly they got on a roll last season. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew it then, but it was so fun. We were wrapped up in it. Yep. Cool, right? But that team wasn't that good. I even thought that, uh, what's my man's name, the guard from St. Louis? Caleb um, Love. Love. Love, yeah. I was like, well, I'm sure he tested the waters to figure out what what, what it was because that run he was on, man, mm-hmm. might have been time. But, look, he's still young. I think he's going to be a junior, right? Yeah. He's going to be a junior. So he still has another year. Next year has to be his explosive year. Everybody else, you know, good luck to the center who had he peaked last year. Mm-hmm. Baycott. Yeah, yeah. Man of, hey, he's a Phillies fan. I know. I know. I know. But, yeah, no NIT for them, huh? No, I uh, and that that whole dynamic of them seems like there's a lot a locker room drama amongst the players. Guys, uh, so, little high yeah. on themselves from last year. Uh, yeah, guys, a little little problems, but okay. you know. All right, looking at uh, the NBA now, the pro hoops. Durant likely to miss two to three weeks. According to Woj, sad. that was sad to watch. That. Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, you can be mad at him for getting himself out of there, out of Brooklyn. And- all that. One of my close, close basketball friends is like, the basketball guy's talking right there. Might be true. Might be. I just don't like to see anybody get hurt. No. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean. And, and then he's got to keep battling these injuries. Yeah, and I'm a fan. So. In the shelf life there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How many more times can the body take that? Yeah. Take something like that. Yeah. So, and you're also not getting the best product at the end. You know, if he's not fully 100%. It's, it's brutal. Speaking of someone who's not fully 100% by the end, Odell Beckham Jr. holding a workout for NFL teams in Arizona on Friday, according to ESPN. Took the year off. Remember, he had, like, the college recruiting tour at the end of the season. Bills, Giants, Cowboys, all. Where's OBJ going to go? OBJ went nowhere. In a thin wide receiver market, OBJ, is there a chance for him to cash in? Um... Someone will pay him. Someone will pay him. If if the medicals pan out the way they like it, someone will pay him, yes. New York, Dallas, someone will pay him. Imagine him going back to New York and being the weapon of choice for Daniel Jones. Wasn't he there before with Daniel Jones? Was he there at the end with Daniel Jones? I thought Daniel Jones might have been like a rookie or something. Maybe. Maybe he wasn't. Wow, that'd be a full circle. Two years, right, with the Browns. That would be a full circle. Yeah, you. I think you're right on this one. Yeah, my memory's not serving me because. No, I'm just guessing out loud. I don't have enough time to search for. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, someone will pay him. Not the Eagles. No, not the Eagles. Those are leftovers. Those are leftovers. I had one more, but I don't want to talk Jake Paul in these airways. It was more for us to just rip him. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Disgusting. When he ran, get, get lost. Ran from Floyd? Yeah, get lost, dude. He was about to get jumped. So was did he do the right thing? Probably. But still. But still get lost. Yeah. I, I don't need the Paul brothers. Get lost. Get out of here. I'm sick of them, too. I'm sick of them, too. Ray Dunn, great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Matt Menard helping us out earlier today as well. And all the callers, listeners, tweets. We really appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow, 6 o'clock, maybe from the center before Sixers Blazers here on The Fanatic. Good night.